Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. I'm joined today by Tom Reddy. Those who are fans of the podcast will realise this is a, a second time that I've had Tom on the show. The first one was so popular, uh, I felt like I needed to have Tom back for a follow-up. I don't know exactly how long ago it was, Tom, but I think it's good for at least a year now, or getting on for a year. Yeah, it feels like it's getting on for you. It's definitely yeah. 2021, wasn't it? So It was, yeah. So it, it's been a while. And uh, Tom has recently done uh, a seminar that I, or a webinar even. Um, sorry, getting my uh, getting my language mixed up. But uh, Tom recently did a webinar with me on um, charging and, and pricing for external transport managers. And um, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted to have you back on. I, I do I extend my apologies publicly as well. Last uh, last week we were due to record this, and I had uh, I had a few bits kick off, which uh, which prevented it from happening. Which is the nature of what we do, right? Very much. Very, no, no, never worry about that, Pete. It's very yeah. much. But I appreciate your patience. So. If it wasn't one of us, it'd be the other, wouldn't it? You know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was half. I, I wondered. Uh, I wondered this morning. I was like, I wonder if Tom will be a bit tit for tat, not deliberately, but just like that's how it is. Like, oh god, you know, something's gone wrong with you to this time. So, um, but no, it's uh, it's amazing to have you back on, mate. Uh, how's how's things going? Like, for I, I guess just give people a bit of an introduction if they've not come across you before, Tom. Just uh, in a nutshell, who Tom is and uh, and, and what you do, mate. Sure. So I suppose um, primarily I sort of refer to myself as a, as a transport manager. And um, over the past few years, I've been moving towards self-employment and working as an external transport manager primarily. Um, I've got more into training um, the transport manager CPC and driver CPC and doing more of that. And then consultancy in the industry in general as well. So playing with all these ideas, my focus definitely at the start was external transport manager, but more and more I'm, I'm branching into other things and seeing what I enjoy the most and, and that kind of thing. But I'm, um, yeah, I'm sort of a long-term lurker on those, those groups on Facebook. So it's probably where you've come across me over the past few years, I suppose. Um, yeah. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. And um, you've got quite a Twitter following, haven't you? Yeah, so that is a little bit of a different thing because that blew up on the back of um, a, a thread I made with my driver hat on. Um, I was just getting ready to step away from my last bit of part-time driving employment and I did a thread on a day in the life. So people were following that and it, it got shared around and you know how Twitter goes once it gets some traction. But I think I got something ridiculous, like 30,000 likes on that thread and then from there i got all these all these followers so that's very much changed the dynamic on twitter i have to be a bit more careful about things i say now but yeah that was, really, that was quite um quite something it's all went viral yes yeah it was um so i really enjoyed it it also did weird things to my mindset as well it's quite hard to go from someone who's shouting into the void to then having an audience where and, and i'm not saying a celebrity but you know a few thousand people looking at things i tweet and and commenting. So if you if you say something off piste, you can soon get some anger and and feedback from it quite quickly. And so you have to watch social media. It's quite an eye opener that all that. But that was quite yeah. It was good. It was good last year. It blew it's up. Really, it's really volatile, isn't it? And I, I um, one of the reasons for me inviting you back on was. 
that we I wanted us to do a bit more of like an open forum. So people listening will be like, oh, what's a half dozen things today? And actually I've made, I've actually I've written written a list of stuff on my notepad ready to sort of speak to you about. Last time I was looking at the half dozen things we spoke about and they were maintenance audits, defect reporting, contracts, evidence, networking, and then like owning it. So those were the half dozen things before. And this time I wanted to just sort of chew the fat on a few things that um, I guess maybe in the last sort of six to 12 months, I've kind of changed my style a little bit. And I, I imagine you're probably feeling a bit awkward because I've not given you any prep at all. So <laughs> nice. for that. But I quite, I quite enjoy winging it. And I just, I just wanted to sort of talk to you. So I've got a list of stuff here and I'll just pre-warn you a bit. I, you know, I was going to talk to you about the ETM thing, being an external transport manager in the limited company and doing it as a sole trader. I wanted to have a bit of a chat about that because that's something that gets asked really regularly. And I wanted, I know how articulate you are and how well you answer these questions based on our previous experiences. So it's a great tool for us to be able to refer back to. I wanted to have a bit of chat about the transport manager CPC and the syllabus, because I know you're doing a lot of training and that's something that's interesting me at the minute. I wanted to chat a bit about the Facebook groups Bridge strikes are high on the on the agenda at the minute. Bit about restricted operators licenses, um, and then um, you know, obviously, I was going to raise. I, I I googled. So sometimes I like Google, right? So I googled Tom Reddy because I wanted to see how long ago our previous podcast was, and I googled you, and the podcast didn't come up because you're way too famous for that, mate. Like <laughs> I got I got like the Mirror and the Sun and. Uh, HGV driver Tom Reddy and it's about September last year which I don't know if that's past post or prior to our podcast I probably ought to check really yeah that's a good question actually it was around September time and, and things must have like gone a bit crazy is that the same thing as what happened with Twitter is it about that time that you know uh, that Twitter blew up actually there were two things and one of them was in your neck of the woods um what led to the HDB hero thing now being in the spotlight is not my comfortable place but I had to get used to it in a certain way so I don't want to come across arrogant at all but that happened this this guy um on the bridge in, in Peterborough and I stopped and pulled the lorry over and, and sort of tried to help him um so that got some traction on Twitter because I was just shouting into the void and I said this happened to me today and it was quite a lot to take on my head and so that got a lot of traction. So I got some followers then. And then the next one was that day in the life of an HGV driver thing. Just when I was about to leave, because we know in this industry, publicity of the wrong sort is not always welcomed. It's a bit of a secret industry in many ways. And so I thought the only time I'm going to have the opportunity to do this is when I'm leaving, because if they don't like it, and they didn't have a problem with it in the most part, but they could not fully authorize it. So yeah, go and do this and put our name on it. So yeah, those two, those two things. Um, the big one was September, October, and also the driver shortage was in the news. So it was kind of a perfect storm. And I think that all led into the articles in the paper and, and things like that. Yeah, um, they were leading largely on the driver shortage. Yeah. So I thought, because I, like yourself, I'm passionate about this industry. And, you know, we've got a long history, um, you know, mechanically and, and with drivers and everything. And I thought, this is my one opportunity. I call it your 15 minutes, if you want, um, to actually raise a bit of awareness for what we do. And I... I at one time, I was really ashamed of what we do. And I, I really had quite a hatred of it early days. And then I've learned to be proud of it and, and see how difficult it is and what it is to be a driver and, and a transport manager and that sort of thing. And um, it got very mixed reception as well. You can imagine I, I got in for a lot of targeted hate and harassment from some drivers for what reasons known best to themselves. 
but a lot of the public who didn't see the industry received it very well and so i was quite proud of, of that little bit um so yeah really interesting time but like i said it's a lot to take on on my head to, to be perfectly honest and this was very surprising somebody approached me and offered me to write a book about the industry and i thought that's all i you know i've dreamt about that for so long but i haven't been able to to do it i've just i've sat down a dozen times not not been able to get my head into it um all the kind of imposter syndrome comes along <laughs> and then you just psych yourself out of it so yeah i've been struggling with the weight of that since it happened so yeah double-edged sword in a way interesting times though mm-hmm. that is really interesting it's um that there's loads to try and unpack from what you've just said <laughs> i know the therapy therapy with pete rashford oh he's a new podcast <laughs> idea <laughs> mate i'm not i'm not a therapist I've, I've i've invested my fair share of money with one though so uh so so trust me that but you can see all the alarm bells going off like writing <laughs> writing a book about the industry and having blockers and, and that kind of thing that's... not as easy as it it seemed at first i thought that's a really and I, many people wait their whole lives for that kind of opportunity to come along and i had this one there and and i feel awful for having not been able to deliver on it um but it is what it is you know we can't do everything no, no, that's absolutely true. And I think to be fair, to be fair to yourself, you've it's quite a transition you've gone through because you have taken that transition from being a driver to being a transport manager to uh, going self-employed as well, which is um, all other things. Last time, last time we spoke, you were you were still doing some driving to sort of prop prop the venture up, so to speak. That's so. it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to remember, and this goes for everyone listening, to remember where you come from because you can very easily discount. And I remember where there wasn't enough money and I had to go driving. And so now there is enough money and that in itself is something to be pleased with. And it takes a lot of work to get to that point. And it could always be more. And I'm sure we'll get there eventually. But um, yeah, so yeah, it's come a long way in, in the short term. No, that's really good, mate. Really good. And I think um, I think you've got to keep that on the to-do list. How, how open is that offer for writing a book? How long? I, th- I think the publishers, they make a big thing. Catching the moment in time, isn't it? Because it's moved on from the driver shortage now. And, and now yeah. it's Mr. Johnson and our, our cabinet and everything else. But yeah. um, I'm sure there's a market for it. Um, I don't know how much money it would make, but they were keen enough if written in the right way. Um, so it's something I would love to do, but mm. I have no it's idea. A big, how writers, it's a big investment, isn't it? How, how do you writers um, do it? Because it's a lot of time and yeah. my time is round as, as I know yours is and, and stuff, mm. trying to fit it in. Um, I, 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 I interrogate you about it because I've sat down, I've still, I've got the makings of a book um and i've got the format i've got the layout and i'd i'd rationalize for myself at the beginning of the year that i'd do a bit every day so i'd sit down and just do a bit every day because the best way to eat an elephant is well you probably not to eat an elephant <laughs> yeah. but the best way to eat an elephant is a bit at a time right yeah, um that starts to go rotten after a while probably so that's it's probably quite hard to refrigerate as well i don't know <laughs> we could get into all sorts of analogies right <laughs> Um, but this isn't therapy. So, um, oh, I'm no good. I'm no good as a therapist. It's interesting. I went, um, I I do some NLP coaching. I don't know if you come across NLP. Yes, I've heard of NLP, yeah. I heard, heard me mention it, but I've got an NLP coach who I've been working with for the last 12 months. I've just done a, uh, a public speaking excellence course um, with uh, with him and one of his one of his co co coaches. And we've done loads of work, uh, you know, that whole imposter syndrome, all of that type stuff. And um, 
I've got uh, I've got a big speaking gig coming up. So the Road Transport Expo. Um, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a talk. I'm sort of nest, nestled in between I think MAN and Mercedes. Right, excellent. On, on one of the stages, and I've got a 15 minute slot to talk about what you, what's your transport manager worth. Brilliant, brilliant, yeah, yeah, which is exciting. It's exciting. And, yeah, it's a lot to to yeah. I can imagine just imagine the pressure, but yeah, you'll yeah. Be, you'll be brilliant, Pete. I can't wait to. Oh, no, I appreciate that. So I'm going to try and record it, which will be a little bit unorthodox because I don't I don't think people normally record these things, but I'm going to try and record it, and I'm going to be talking about how that what the pressure is of a transport manager and how my belief is the transport manager is the most valuable person in a in a fleet business yeah um and that they need to be treated as such it's something we touched on when we were talking about the external transport manager role and how uh it because the title's a transport manager it 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 makes it i think seem less significant than what what the role actually is so the purpose of the talk will be to get influencing people um, and leaders in the fleet sector to start to think about what the role of the transport manager really is or should be, That's but cool. also also the level of investment that they need that they aren't getting at the minute. So, because as you know, it isn't just about being able to pass the CPC qualification. A great transport manager has to have lots of other skills and uh, they need that nurturing, they need that investing in, but also uh, a successful transport manager will have a team of people to be able to help support them because it needs to be recognised they can't do it all on their own. Yes, absolutely. So, that's uh, that's sort of the bones of what that talks what that talks going to be. So hopefully it'll go well, mate. Yeah, no, that I look forward to hearing that. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. Um, okay, mate. So we've talked about you being famous, which we <laughs> we, we now know. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I, you're literally like you're literally. No. Like, I'm Pete. I'm never coming on a podcast with you again. <laughs> no, no, it's not happening. Not happening at all. I can see it. Um, I just wanted to touch base. One of the things that come up regularly in um, in the Facebook groups and something I know we're both on the same page with, uh, which is a bit of a spoiler alert for listeners, um, but that's external transport managers um, being a limited company or being as a sole trader. So we're both quite categorical on that, but I still frustratingly see many, many transport managers. So just to sort of break the ice on it a little bit, we're both on the same page. An external transport manager has to charge as a sole trader, as a sole, as an individual. And you can have a business, you can have a limited company, but you can't carry out your transport management work under that limited company because it doesn't meet what the statutory document is saying needs to happen yeah. under the legislation. And um, still, though, it gets challenged every time. In yes. every time on the Facebook group, someone asks a question. Well, obviously, and people have obviously been to PI as limited company transport managers and not and not had an issue. Yeah. Um, and I think it's usually because they're one, either lucky, two, the focus has been on something else, and the trans the, the traffic commissioner can only really they see and have to deal with so much they can probably only focus on one thing at a time. So it's not been properly interrogated. I think is the is the only other way. So yeah, I just want to bring you in on that. Like, what what's what sort of your thoughts? What's your guidance on it? What's your experience? Yeah, so that's my gut feeling as well. When people talk about their experience at, at PI, it's it's a bit like <laughs> I was on the Iranian embassy balcony with the SAS. I, everyone was there, weren't they? You know that kind of. Um, so there's a bit of that, 
there's also like you say you cannot go into a whole operation in the space of a one two hour pi or in some cases seven eight hours pi if it goes on like that um you just can't go into it there is a question mark over whether all the traffic commissioners are 100 percent consistent in their approaches because they all have different things burning inside them that they want to focus on and they're entitled to do that in their own traffic area because every traffic area will be demographically different um so there's an every chance that you've been to pi and you've come out with a good outcome but they haven't specifically gone into your relationship your legal relationship with the operator which is fine you know that's as it is and so you can come away perhaps with a false impression of that you what you're doing is is acceptable um or maybe they're just bigger fish to fry on that day you, they got you know 100 vehicles that are potentially unroadworthy do they really care about how you're getting paid your you know, five hundred. And, and I think, I think, I think that's the thing, Tom, isn't it? Because I think, I think sometimes they'll look at a case and go, "I can see there's a relationship, and there's bigger stuff we need, and there's stuff we need to worry about." So it doesn't even cross their thought process that's because it. they they can see there's a, a relationship, so they don't necessarily need to interrogate it because there's more important things for them to be focusing okay. on that day. Kind of your names on pieces of paper. You you're clearly doing your job you know the extra bits they don't go into it but i was curious about this because this has been going on and on and i got uh, i'm quite happy to say i was directly challenged on this by mr nick jones who's the deputy traffic commissioner for the west midlands now nick denton was on holiday so i went up in front of, of nick jones not as a transport manager interestingly i was a consultant for this for this company but being in the witness box as you know they can go into you anything they want to. And so it came up what I was doing with other clients because they, it was a question over whether I could help this client perhaps as a transport manager. Didn't all come off in the long term, but he, he specifically said to me, so how are you charging? And I said, well, I invoice them like this and I do it from, you know, the invoice from my limited company, but it specifically says natural person, Thomas Reddy as transport manager. And there's no other services part of that package. And he said, no, you can't do that. Got to be a sole trade. So wh where does that leave me to go? Having, I'm not going to say, Hang on, sir. I think you're wrong there. And um, I, I guess if my pockets were deep enough, I could say, I think you're wrong. I'll get a solicitor and we'll go and discuss it with the upper tribunal. And then I think, why on earth would I want to go and do? So that's my personal experience. I'm told directly. And so, of course, I'm not going to be doing anything else. And if he's told them directly, he has a reason to believe that's correct. And why would they say anything different? So your mileage may vary, of course, but I believe it to be. So I looked into this genuine link thing because that's what it's all about is the transport manager someone who's going to be turning up and doing the job mm -hmm. um it's a naval term it comes from so much of law comes from ships and sea and all this kind of stuff and so genuine link is it goes way back to this some relationship with shipping which i thought is interesting because when you dig it into law trying to make sense of it so yeah it's it's the problem is the documents are, are written in a certain way that they need an ability to interpret what they're saying and not all of us are happy doing that or not all of us get a clear picture of what they're saying and so but i can see why um logically you cannot be a limited company is a legal person and um us me and you we are a natural person so you can't be charging from a legal person who's a separate entity and then having someone else do the work because who's paying that someone else if the, if you're paying a the legal natural the legal person the limited company who's paying the transport manager the natural person it just doesn't tie up you got money going over here, you've got someone doing the job over here. So you might think that's okay because the money comes back around eventually. But ultimately, it's about taxation, isn't it? If your corporation tax liability is less than your income tax liability, you're gaining an advantage, which goes against one of the principles of operator licensing, which is fair competition. 
So you can go around it in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's more to do with like the liability element of it, and it by nature a limited company is limited liability. So it means that the essentially the whole the whole thing with the reason you have a limited company is it protects. I have a limited company, which is flagship partners. I have a limited company, and as an individual, I also have assets. So for example, my house yeah. now unless I do a personal guarantee on my limited company to my personal assets, so I, so I do a personal guarantee, there's no, as a director of that business, essentially I'm limited from the liability of anything that goes wrong with the business. Yeah. Reputationally, the two things are very different, um, obviously, because reputation is one thing and, and liability is another. But I, so I find it very interesting. I, I think I wonder what would happen if it was to be contested at an upper tribunal. I'd be interested to see what happened there because essentially if, if the individual is delivering the services that are required and, 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 and doing that, then I think it'd be an interesting thing. But I do agree with you that essentially those people that think it's okay because they've been to a PI and it's not been challenged, it will be directly because it hasn't been challenged. Yeah, it's I, do, I, I, I do agree with you. I think different traffic commissioners will probably approach it or it will be on their radar, maybe more or less, depending on the traffic commissioner. But I do know categorically in the East region, I'm not going to mention names because it's totally unfair, but I do have a friend who does external transport management and he lost his repute based on the fact that he was based on the fact that he was invoicing under a limited company and there you and there you go um which we could talk about the update to the stat doc three which is a recent thing isn't it and in there it says now the minimum um loss of repute you know is 12 months minimum so if, if you've been uh, what's the word <laughs> i want to say cancelled <laughs> it's not it's not cancelled you know when they take away your repute you've been basically taken out of the industry now that before now it was up to them but they're saying now 12 months minimum and the way back in is to redo the qualification and or there's a mention in there of three months shadowing training which is really interesting because that's the first time we've seen that but if you look in stat doc three then the paragraph about transport manager duties used to be 54 now it's 57 because they've put in these new paragraphs ahead of it so worth having a look at that but you know why would you risk it is i guess is the point we're trying to make your good repute that's your ability to work your ability to do the job in the industry and um you get taken out minimum 12 months some of them do get taken out indefinitely with no way back um but yeah you you're going on that genuine experience i'm going on my genuine experience so people have to be humble enough to go hang on have i really had a genuine experience with this or i'm just getting away with it um yeah. not the same uh, thing yeah it's Pete from flagship partners we're really proud to sponsor a half dozen things podcast at Flagship Partners, we take road safety really seriously and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC and other transport management services. So if your are accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today. Yeah, no, it's not. And you know what what actually happened is to, to, to my friend that this situation occurred he he then uh employed backhouse jones and um they were able to get the decision overturned based on the fact that he 
had gone and amended all of his contracts and amended all the way that he was dealing with his external clients. So it did get overturned within the 12 month, within fairly rapid period. But there was there was obviously a challenge then for, for the chap based on his reputation with his existing clients as well, that he had to go and change his contracts with them. And he won't be forgotten by the traffic commissioner either. Is is the other? It's, it shouldn't matter, but it, it will matter. Uh, and that's that's a, that's a very good point that I hadn't really considered. But absolutely, um, the name. Um, but it, I think I think it, it, it's challenging, isn't it, when you look at reputation because we all know that there's external transport managers out there charging as a limited company. So therefore, what I I think I think. Whilst the, I think there's worse things that you could be known for by the traffic commissioner. I get, oh, I, th- I think it's probably sort of the, I was sort of thinking how I could explain what I was, the point I was making there. There's definitely worse things because particularly sometimes we do things wrong, right? And it's actually how quickly, how quick we are to react and take responsibility and to uh, uh, sort the problem out. Um, yeah. And uh, I think if it's resolved fairly rapidly, then that's uh, good. But there we go. That's sort of category from us. I, I certainly took advice from Chris Powell at Rotherus, um, who who supported me, and uh, Billy, who I'm trying to get on the podcast actually to talk about contract law. Uh, so Billy's his commercial. Com- Did you speak to Billy? I, I don't indirectly, I think, because they prepared a contract for me based on yeah. what I wanted in it. And it was a long process. It was a very expensive process, but it was well worth it. And that's yeah. the basis on the back of that issue. I did all this. And so yeah. it's all about what you do, isn't it, to correct things. When, like you say, we're all human and make mistakes, but we, they want to see us putting it right. Um, and you never know the difference between what people say on Facebook and what is actually going on behind the scenes. Some people don't have the ability to reverse their opinion publicly which is, I think, is quite a character trait now if um, if you are someone who's willing to have your mind changed and say, actually, I used to think this, but now I think this. That's okay. Yeah. That's a, it's a good thing to have that ability to do that because things yeah, change. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and situations change, don't they? So, yeah. um, that's it. Okay, cool. So, um, the next one I wanted to speak to you about was Transport Manager CPC training. Yes. And the syllabus. So when I was speaking to Beverly Bell previously, uh, we did touch on the fact that the transport manager CPC qualification is, is challenging. Um, but also, I guess I guess the question I've got is, does the transport manager CPC qualification, and you train this, don't you? Freelance, is that right? Do you train it? Freelance? Yeah, I work. So it's, I don't have, um, I work for another company. And I just go in and do what they need me to do on a day-by-day basis. Um, so some months they might not have much for me. Other months, obviously, in the three-month cycle with some of the exam boards, there's a couple of weeks in the classroom. And I go in and do that as a freelance, yeah. Except okay. in their business to do it like that. And what I ask is, with the Transport Manager CPC, is does the, does the training qualify you to be a Transport Manager? I know in reality it qualifies you, but do you feel that it does qualify you? Well, 100% categorically no. Uh, There's a lot missing, but it's a good qualification. It's challenging. It gives you a good basis in in the knowledge. We see that bared out by how difficult it is to pass because there's a lot you have to retain. Maybe it's not fair that you have to retain it because when you do the job in reality, you go to the reference books like any other person would. But it definitely doesn't give you the technical basis for what you actually have to do day to day or 
anything about people management or it gives you the basics of hr sure but um employment law and that sort of thing but not actually how how to do the job day to day it's always i find it's always the simple things that derail people what should be simple on paper a defect reporting system can go wrong so easily and you don't you're not if you're not prepared for how to fix that or even how to see it when it is going wrong you might just be plodding along thinking everything's working fine um, still catches me out things like that N- new things all the time so no absolutely it doesn't and there needs to be something to bridge the gap or a change in principally a change in the i don't quite know how you do that it's a difficult one to cover isn't it it is really and and i think that would be an unfair question to ask i might ask it anyway but what would you change what would you change to make someone qualified to carry out the work but i think i think i think there's a case for there's a case for um, having like a, a staggered approach to the role um, or having it staged. But I think I think what's very difficult is the things that make a great transport manager great, the technical stuff they'll have learned in the CPC that exists already. But I think the stuff that makes them great is the, the war wounds of the experience that they get and that they've learned from, which is very challenging to measure anyway, isn't it? Absolutely. Everyone will have a different experience, won't they? Depending on the companies you've worked for and the sort of work you've done. Yeah, it really is. There's no one size fits all at all. Um, Uh, But it's funny you come together at a certain level who people who've been doing it a long time tend to share, broadly speaking, opinions about things or ways of doing things. Or It's just funny how you go through the mill in all your different directions and then finally at the other side you'll meet up with people who are somewhere around like on the Facebook groups, we find people who are doing what we do and we find many similar viewpoints on things that aren't written down anywhere. Yeah. So just from getting knocked around, you do end up getting funneled into a, into yeah. a pot. But it's a long road between that exam and when you think, like I wouldn't have wanted to go into it. Many companies straight out of the exam, thinking back now, how would I have coped? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have known yeah. where to begin. I'd been taken for a ride and all sorts. I do worry. I do worry with. I do worry with some. You know, I regularly see it. I've just passed my transport manager CPC, and I'm setting up as an external. And don't get me wrong. If that person's got loads of lived experience having operated in the sector, then potentially that there's unlike there. It may be that they're unlikely to have a problem. But um, I see. I see so much challenge around around that. I think it's um, it can be a bit of a worry. But I, I sort of reflect on what. What would I change in the transport manager CPC syllabus to make it better? And um, I struggle to know. I, str- I, I struggle to pinpoint it. I think uh, my belief is, and it's uh, you know the the solution which Fleet Geeks is trying to, to to come up with, which I don't think is out there at the moment, and that is that there is a framework for transport managers to have this peer-to-peer element of where they have a structured learning environment that's like on the job. So it's current, it's, uh, they have the opportunity to go, this is a challenge I'm facing. And they are able to consult with, you know, if they've got a group of 10 transport managers all in different sectors, I'm struggling with my defect reporting system. How do you do it? And then you've got nine people going, but everyone's getting an opportunity to listen to how everyone else does it. Yeah. And the, the opportunity for best practice sharing or uh, overcoming challenges, I think, is really, really powerful by facilitating a group like that. And I think if you were to say that in front of a TC, they'd have a problem finding holes in it because you're saying, well, this is what I'm doing to try and mitigate against this issue of not having experiences. So I've got this. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's got to be something like that. 
uh, a mentoring system again coming up with a system that makes you chargeable and a, and a business venture as well um but it's really yes yeah, written into the document now how do you get this three months shadowing because there's nothing official about any of it but how would you even prove it i think it's very early days on that one and we'll see what comes up in public inquiries over the coming years yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see sort of what what, what goes on won't it okay, okay. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to labour that one anymore. I was going to move on to um, to the Facebook group. So um, I notice I notice that you're much quieter than you were. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, going a bit off the back of what we said um, earlier about how how social media is powerful when it can play into your mental health and and things like that. And it's just a decision I've made. And I I was trying to be for want of a word that won't get people switching off immediately. Mindful about being on there and thought. How is this making me feel in this moment when I read this? And so I come up with things like, okay, I feel annoyed. I feel irritated. I feel like I want a fight. I feel like I want to correct this person. It, are any of these things helping me in this moment? I was like, no, because I know what I'm doing with my clients. I don't want to have to go in there and, and second guess everything. But again, I'm cautious with that because certain people do want to go in there and second guess things because they don't know what they're doing. And so it does give you at all for that but I was just finding it wasn't making me feel good ultimately going in there and so I will stick my head in from time to time on the back of our webinar that we did just to see how that was received and you know give a few likes and there are certain people on there who are full of really useful stuff I'm grateful they're there and just to pick one who I, I don't think I've mentioned before but Pete um and I don't know who he is. I don't know his surname, but there's a Pete, Pete Shepherd. Pete Shepherd, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He has a, an absolute mine of information about all the most niche things you can imagine, particularly down DVSA, DVLA kind of things. So mm -hmm. someone like that, I'm grateful he's there. Um, mm -hmm. James Adcroft's another one. I like to see the perspective of someone in a different corporate level and see how they look at things. Um, but there are there are few and far between, I suppose, compared to the just generic noise of the rest of it. And so, yeah, I, I actually made a consciousness and I've taken Facebook off my phone. So if I want to go on there, I have to sit down at a computer and, and oh. log in. I did that with Twitter as well for three months just to see. And Twitter's back on my phone now because I do enjoy that. Um, I find it a bit different. But yeah, it's conscious because, and also the losing the time to these. And what am I getting out of this? Not... Not, no, I don't mean financially, but just what could I put my time into? Maybe napping on the sofa is what actually happens. But, you know, the intention was to be more productive and think, well, I could have sat and revised my bridge strike policy or something with the two hours I've spent getting annoyed on Facebook. So, yeah, intentional. Uh, I don't know if it's the right decision or not. There's a lot of good people on there, certainly. I don't, um, I don't think you missed anything, mate. I think, um, I think it's interesting... I think, and it depends on how you use it, but I, I completely, it completely resonates for me about how it makes you feel. Some, sometimes I, so I almost have this thing where I like to look at it because I like to think, I like, as a con, what I see myself as like a content creator. So I have to create content. And um, what I try to do is create content that's relevant. So to be relevant, I need to listen to the conversations that are happening and what people are talking about. But I do rarely comment as well because I do I get as soon as you as soon as you comment, you're kind of emotionally engaged in that conversation. And yeah. uh, as soon as someone has an alternate point of view, regardless of how they've delivered that, it's gonna cause a conflict in you that it creates conflict, doesn't it? As soon as someone has an alternate view. And and in reality, we may both be right. That's the thing, it's 
you have to be willing to be wrong as i've just mentioned and but that does something i do think i do quite well but it does take energy doesn't it emotional yeah. energy to, to have yourself go you know what i think that's right you know and i've been doing it wrong and and that and i don't mind doing that but it does take energy to yeah it does it does and sometimes you think well is it worth it and sometimes good's good enough isn't it so um yeah it's um, um in many ways that's where it all, all began for me it, with a lot of stuff so i have to remember the good things um but also the platform itself is quite chaotic and overwhelming you know especially because there's about seven different groups isn't there there's you've got your own which is, is brilliant but um there's the biggest one which we know about and then there's uh, externals and then there's qualified and then there's um the one with the red banner i forget and they're all worth looking in for different things, but it, it almost wants to be, I don't know, but it, Facebook in general is chaotic and I find it a lot overwhelming feeling. Yeah. I, I, I do too. So, and that's, that's really interesting point because there are several transport manager groups of which I, I, I'm sure the one that I run is the smallest by, by a long stretch. But what I see is it's kind of like a snowball effect. Yeah. It, so yeah. slowly, slowly over time, you know, we've kind of gone from 350 people to like 400 all of a sudden we're 500 we're nearly 600 and it's kind of slowly sort of staggering up and um i think i think because mine was opened a lot later than the others i think a lot of people are looking at oh, fucking out another transport manager group um and i get that i get that because you, you have got Qualified and external are both around three and a half thousand members. I think they they sort of creep up from there. And the big one, the transport manager forum, which is Dimitri's, is like twenty thousand. I think twenty. Yeah, and plus. I think it's like just passage of time, um, and over mm. time, on a long enough timeline, if the content quality is high, which yours is, it will go up. I think, and that will be. It's like YouTube. When you start YouTube, no one's watching you, are they? But ten mm. years, as long as you can be consistent, you might have a million subscribers. Because as long as well, the algorithm and everything else um but yeah it is, it is an interesting thing and youtube is much the same so we started youtube it took the amount of time it took us to get to 100 subscribers on youtube like we were only at i think we're nearly at 300 subscribers on youtube which isn't isn't a big number by any stretch and i don't i don't pay for advertising or anything like that and the content we do is niche right it is niche like really? i'm not doing i'm not doing fail videos that anyone's going to watch or i'm not doing football videos i'm doing really niche shit and a lot of a lot of people who operate in our niche are fairly indifferent they're like why would i want to watch that shit <laughs> you know and, and that's that's fine as well isn't it i think but and that's cool too so the numbers are going to grow slowly but the time it took us i think to get to 100 subscribers we've done 100 to 300 in half that time yeah and then i think we'll go 300 to a thousand probably in about a similar time and it just kind of snowball that, that's kind of how it works isn't it it's that snowball effect isn't it yeah. and then the other thing like the podcast the podcast incredible because we've got to this will be something like a 115th episode of the podcast right and when i look at the download volumes and the podcasts are tricky right because there's so many different podcast apps so you go to one app and you'll have like seven followers you go to another app and you've got 500 followers and then you go yeah. to an, you know so it's very disjointed but you can see the overall download numbers and the 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 pattern again is very it becomes very steep because when someone now found finds our podcast they've got 115 freaking episodes to look at yeah there's good content so, 
Yeah, through. so all of a sudden, like you, the spike become he particularly as you create more, um, the spike just sort of goes up and up and up. But yeah, I I think. The thing is, is you can get into the vanity, can't you, of the numbers and the people and stuff like that. And I realised that if I want the vanity, I'd be better off paying for ads and probably doing something a bit less niche and what have you. So it isn't a vanity project. I'm sorry chatting to you because I actually enjoy chatting this year. Same. (laughs) I I enjoy it and I find it it interesting. I find it fun and I like... The podcast was always there because I wanted to share my learning journey. Now... Many people will think I position myself as the expert, and I'm I'm absolutely not the expert in that. I don't think any of us want to be felt about in that way. Just we no. like we like pushing on and learning new things and trying to get it right. And exactly, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, it's always a case of being in a position of learning and always being in a position. And I've always interviewed people that I know that I can learn from or uh, get new ideas or. I enjoy, you know, when you said about being wrong, I enjoy having my ideas challenged as well. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, me too. Absolutely love that. You know, um, and I I know, and, and I think the thing you learn when you when you go into a lot of the, the, the sort of personal development type stuff and the NLP stuff really proves it as well. And that is I have I have a certain lens that I look through everything, which is based on all the experiences, all the shit I've done, the way I was brought up, the people that I've been brought up around. I have a lens, uh, this filter that I look through at life at. And Tom, you've got your filter. And the people that listen to this, they're listening to this and it's traveling through their filter before they listen to it. And actually, when you start to think about what reality and right and wrong actually is, it's, you know, even down to the, even down to a traffic commissioner, you know, you go and stand, the traffic commissioner, whatever he hears from us, goes through his filter or her filter based on, the experiences they've had and you know we're all we're all subject to to sort of this this conditioning i suppose and um i don't really know where i was going with that i guess it's just about learning and realizing those things it's been it's a very human condition i suppose traffic commissioners are just another human being and they will have that like their filter their circle of influence and that kind of thing and yeah no it's very it's a good point you have to be willing i think to be to be that to be wrong to be humble you have to be willing to change your mind on things i think if you want to be too fixated on this is the right way this is the wrong way it's going to be an industry full of frustration for those people and and that's exactly the point i was making is realizing that we all have our limitations in the way we view things and the way we think about things and the way we come to conclusions because we've got all these preferences uh and actually sometimes the person who thinks about something a bit differently um really really is um you know can revolutionize the way you think about something yeah. because yeah. because they take it from a t- completely different and sometimes actually you have to look outside a sector because often in a sector we're in in a way the facebook groups and stuff like that we're all conditioning each other to actually be alike because we're all reading the same stuff and we're all starting you know the the all of a sudden we're absorbing the opinions and we're absorbing the thinking and over time and and actually sometimes it takes someone from outside of a sector or a way of thinking that's done somewhere else and going dropping that in and going fuck that's like blowing everyone's brains yeah it's that echo chamber effect isn't it you you will start to get that echo chamber and you do have to be willing to go outside of it and and see the well that's how all the um big names in the world steve jobs or whatever they do something different and then it goes and blows up 
No, definitely, mate. Definitely. Do you know what, mate? We've been on we've been on the call for nearly an hour. I was going to talk <laughs> about bridge process. I was going to talk about restricted operators' licenses. But do you know what? Let's hold them. I've really enjoyed the chat so far. Yeah. Um, I think it's been brilliant. And who knows? Maybe in a year, six months, a year's time, we can we can sort of hop back on and talk yeah, about no, chat, choose some fat over some other stuff. Always enjoy coming on, Peter. Thank you. Yeah, no, really, really appreciate it. I hope if you've been listening, um, find Tom on LinkedIn. I know you're on LinkedIn. Tom Tom Ready, without an A, but with two Ds. Yeah, and I've heard all the jokes over the years. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have any. I didn't have any, so I feel like I've let myself down there. Um, but yeah, follow Tom. The company's called Green Candle, isn't it? Yeah, Green Candle, there'll be a website for that very soon, which I've sat on for 18 months, but finally got my finger out with that one. Good man, good man. Uh, yeah, so Green Candles is business. And um, Tom, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I hope people listen and have enjoyed it. Thanks very much, Pete. No worries at all, mate. Uh, take care and thank you to the listeners. My mouse isn't working, so I'm going to do the awkward, oh, I'm going to stop recording about now. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners, and we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.